An anthology about the bad, the short-lived, and the forgotten shows and events in television history. This is It Was a Thing on TV. Before I change my mind! I give you Super Train! Episode 403, submission number 825, Dynaman, the American parody dub. Dynaman aired as part of Nightlight on USA in 1987 for... Six episodes. But five of them, I believe, aired and one was unaired, which later went to YouTube. And then for some reason, this aired on special delivery on Nickelodeon. I guess they were cool with it. But let's be clear here. Six episodes. That is 10 less than the number of episodes of Uncle Croc's Block. The Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show, JJ Starbuck, and I believe all the episodes of Salvage One, am I correct? All the aired episodes of Salvage One. And, as we determined last week, Schooled Two. It's time now for Dynaman. Five good looking Japanese friends from all walks of life. Wushi, their leader, is Dino Red. Cuba, able to leap tall trees, is Dino Black. Frankie, the human outboard motor, is Dino Blue. Cowboy, the slow-thinking weapons experts, is Dino Yellow. And their main squeeze, Slow Gin, is Dino Pink. Under the guidance of this man, Dr. Ho, who, from his laboratory and daycare center, keeps the world safe from the evil antics of Bernie Tanaka and Mel Fujitsu. At one time his partners, but now his arch enemies. Who can stop them? Who can save the world? Ho, that's who. And check this out. The ultimate persuader in the relentless battle against evil. These are the adventures of Dynaman! Who will save the world? Oh, that's And here's Dr. Shinaka. At one time, he was friends with Dr. Ho, and now they're enemies for some reason. And somehow, he has a Green Bay Packers pendant on his wall. How does that happen in Japan? Who knows? No, true story. There's a Green Bay Packers pennant for some reason on his wall. See, that was a very expository opening. Even if... See, you saw the Green Bay Packers jersey. I didn't even notice it. Not the Green Bay Packers jersey. I mean the pennant. You know, those oh, flags. Oh, the pennant. Yeah. I, I, why, why was I thinking of a jersey? Anyway. I don't think they had Bort Star jerseys in Tokyo. Oh, they did. You just need to know where to get them. Yeah, I know. Bootleg. 30 years ago, as we record this, Margaret Lesh at Fox took a chance on something that Haim Saban has been selling for a long time. And, fun fact, Stan Lee tried selling it himself. And that's 
when the Power Rangers franchise, of which I am wearing a t-shirt, was born. So as we celebrate this anniversary, we're looking back on a moment where a show similar to, but ever so legally distinct from Power Rangers, aired in the U.S., but was also an adaptation of the show that was based on Power Rangers. Not necessarily that version, but like a version from earlier before 92, which is what the American version was based on. We covered the history of Super Sentai briefly in the Power Rangers Bad American dubbing episode, so we'll just go over some of the bullet points. Shotaro Ishinomori has been having great success with his TV show, Common Writer, and his manga, Cyborg 009. So he decided to sort of merge the two concepts to form Sentai, which is a genre of TV show that involves three to five people in colored costumes fighting the forces of evil. In 1977, Toei suspended the Super Sentai, but was able to get it back onto television with the help of Marvel Comics and a show called Battle Fever J, which involved super soldiers from all over the world. Sort of like a Captain America, but Japanese. That sort of franchise continues to this day. The current Super Sentai on is called... If I mess this up, I do sincerely apologize, but it is the 47th series, and it is called Osama Sentai King Oger. King Oger? King Oger. But let's talk about number seven. Kagaku Sentai Dynaman. Now, this was a few years after Marvel pulled out of the project, but not so long after Stan Lee started pitching the idea to whoever will hear it. One person would be Margaret Lesh, who looked at Stan Lee and said, Stan, they're not speaking English. To which Stan the Man replied, I know, but ain't it great? I can imagine Stan saying, I know, but ain't it great? So, he decided to go one of two ways with this. He could either hire some good-looking American actors to shoot all of the out-of-costume scenes. That wouldn't be feasible until later on down the line, there is actually a pilot for what would become Power Rangers. And as soon as we find that bastard, it's going into pilot month. Mark Cascos and Miguel Nunez Jr. are involved. Wait a minute. Did you say Miguel Nunez Jr.? Miguel Nunez Jr. I get to reference Juana Man again. That's terrific. Yes, but only if you find the Bioman pilot. Okay. Mike, aren't you happy that I referenced Juana Man again? 
No. After Stan Lee pitched Sun Vulcan, and before Haim Saban pitched Bioman, we have Dynaman, the 1983-1984 series, which, fun fact, was the first Super Sentai team to have spandex suits, and was almost themed after baseball. What? They were almost themed to baseball. You could see it in the helmets and everything. That would have been terrific. I don't know whatever Japanese ballplayers at the time you could. Obviously, you might have had someone reference Sadahara O or something. There really were no major league players from Japan in 87, 88. The closest I think you get is Hideo Nomo, but that would be 95. Hold on. Wasn't Cecil Fielder in Japan at this point in 87, 88? 87, I want to say no, but 88, I want to say yes. Because 86, his rookie card was uh, when he was with the Blue Jays. So the writing team of Gideon Brower and Sherry Roman get a hold of the master tapes of six episodes. And instead of getting a direct translation of the Dynaman episodes... They just throw the whole thing out and decide, let's go for the laugh. And so they did. Then you put the whole thing to a ripping 80s soundtrack and watch the magic happen. I actually have a list of the people who did the voices in the parody dub. Okay. Playing Wooshy Dina Red is Peter Alves, and he didn't just voice Wushi, he also voiced Dr. Ho and Nigel Cochran. Oh, damn. <laughs> Dr. Ho. And Nigel Cochran. This aired on Nickelodeon, people. I still, to this day, do not know how they got past it. They probably were like, these dumb kids, they don't know shit. Probably. Playing Huba, Dinah Black, is Bill Johnston. Playing Frankie, the human outboard motor, Dinah Blue. Are you guys ready for this? Mark McKinney. What? That Mark McKinney? That Mark McKinney. Kids in the Hall, Saturday Night Live, Superstore, that Mark McKinney. Wow, I didn't realize someone of note came from this. That's amazing. Well, this would be when he was uh, doing side work from, I want to say, season two of Kids in the Hall. So when did Kids in the Hall debut in Canada? I want to say 1988 either right before or as season one was airing on both CBC and HBO. Okay, Truth by Consensus Wikipedia says it premiered on the CBC October 16th of 88, so this would be after Dynaman, presumably. Playing Cowboy, Dinah Yellow, Bruce Peary, nowadays a director of such fine Canadian imports as the Red Green Show. 
which he also wrote and apparently was a producer of additional material for the best of SCTV. So I'm willing to guess because he is an alumnus of the Second City Theater Group. I think all five actors on Dynaman were alumni of Second City Toronto. So I'm willing to guess that this was all dubbed in Canada. And finally, playing <laughs> Slow Jazz. What? What? <laughs> Jesus Christ, they put this on Nickelodeon. <laughs> Playing Slogan, Dinah Pink, their main squeeze. Hold on, I gotta ask you a question. What the f is a main squeeze? Four boys, one girl. You figure it out. Playing the role of Slogan, Dinah Pink, Kathleen Lasky, who you would probably remember from 49 episodes of Being Erica. And 52 of Camp Lake Bottom, whatever that is. But she was in a movie called The Christmas Cure, which was sort of a spiritual successor to the two movies based on that song about the Christmas shoes starring Neil Patrick Harris. Oh my. <laughs> Wait a minute. I'm not finished yet. I'm looking at the cast here. Brooke Nevin from Animorphs was in it. And Patrick Duffy was in it. What? Patrick Duffy was in this movie. Were the residuals from Dallas and Step by Step not paying the bills one month? Apparently not. Mike, do you know about the Christmas shoes? <laughs> I don't want to know about the Christmas shoes. Uh, Mike, I'm not going to go into details, but if you Google Patton Oswalt and Christmas shoes, thank me later. I'm going to mute myself while you continue talking, and then I'll chime in after I see what the heck this is. That the Christmas Chico, shoes? That Chico has foisted upon me. <laughs> this does not look good. I did not know Mike had no idea about the Christmas shoes. <laughs> Oh, now I do. <laughs> Continue. I'm going to watch this thing. Okay. So, Dynaman goes into battle to face the forces of evil led by former Dr. Ho associate Bernie Tanaka and his new partner, Mel Fujitsu, and their army, Nigel Cochran, Lucy, several kaiju, and foot soldiers... And I swear to God, this is what they call them. The reptiles that go... <laughs> the reptiles that go... Oh my God. And they all fight the kaiju of the day in a dinah ship that transforms into dinah head, dinah body, and dinah legs, which transform back into the Dynaman robot. You know what? Let's just go over the episodes, because I happen to have all of the uh, episode descriptions, thanks to nightflightplus.com, where you can watch all of the episodes. Or if you can't be bothered with paying money, 
you can watch them all on YouTube unofficially. Oh, that's right, because they've revived Night Flight for the internet recently. They were also available on Verve before they were acquired by Crunchyroll. Episode 1, The Cy Steinberg Pilot. It's time for the pilot episode of Dynaman! Five good-looking Japanese friends from all walks of life. Wushi, their leader, is Dina Red! Hooba, able to reach tall trees, is Dina Black! Frankie, the human outboard motor, is Dina Blue! Cowboy, the slow-thinking weapons expert, is Dina Yellow! And their main squeeze, Slogan, is Dina Pink! Again, what the hell is a main squeeze? Token female. I don't know. Episode 2, Rhino Man. It's basically the same plot, only with a different episode of Kagaku Sentai Dynaman. Okay. Episode 3, Day of the Dolphin, Flipper's Revenge. <laughs> oh no, who knew Flipper was out to start some Episode 3 of Dynaman finds a terrifying new villain, the genetically modified evil dolphin named Mr. Flipper. Oh my god! Featuring subaquatic battle scenes, a psychedelic raid on an evil lair, and truly treacherous dolphins. Dyna kids, go! Episode 4 The Lizard of Oz. After a film deal gone bust, the menacing villains of Dynaman have a plot of pure evil <laughs> in this week's oh, episode. Hold on, time out. I'm sorry to interrupt, but I'm looking at Mike's face. Hold on. This is CNN breaking news. <laughs> it's just fucked up, I'm guessing he's watching the Christmas shoes. <laughs> Earlier in this episode, I told Mike to Google Patton Oswalt and Christmas shoes. He did, and now he's speechless. Okay, now to ep- say the very least. All right, now let's go back to episode four. I'm sorry to interrupt, but <laughs> episode four, The Lizard of Oz. After a film deal gone bust, the menacing villains of Dynaman have a plot of pure evil in this week's episode. The Lizard of Oz remake the film classic starring 5,000 reptiles played by the cursed citizens of Dynatown. No! Basically, Bernie Tanaka and Mel Fujitsu decide to kidnap everybody in Dynatown and convert them into their dark army. It's a whole lot more serious in the original version than it is in the dub, obviously. Episode 5, The Seven Loves of Lucky Pierre. An evil French frog is abducting brides on their wedding day around Dinah City for an awful ceremony, but his ten-foot tongue and poison perfume are no match for the Dynamen. Slogan goes undercover as a ninja bride ready for battle and reveals the treacherous plot to save the day. Now, I watched some of the clips of this on YouTube. Oh my god. The most stereotypical 
episode to ever stereotype ever. All the French stereotypes with the frog. Ugh. And the sixth and final episode, The Last Adventure of Spunky the Wonder Squid. This is the very last adventure of Spunky the Wonder Squid, a maniacal flying cephalopod with a deadly nose pistol and hatred for all things Dinah. His lust for power, literal power, aka electricity, leads to a deadly kaiju smackdown with the Dynaman team. Now hold on, there is also a lost episode of Dynaman that's on YouTube. Just type lost episode of Dynaman. So, okay. A correction. There are six aired episodes of Dynaman and one unaired episode of Dynaman. That's basically like a clip compilation with like added footage from Canada or America, wherever the hell they shot it. So that's seven episodes. Nine less episodes than Uncle Crack's Block, The Hudson Brothers Razzle Dazzle Show, JJ Starbuck, and the number of episodes of Salvage One. It's the number of aired episodes of Salvage One, Greg. Mike would have corrected you, but he's too busy watching Christmas shoes. And if you go to Radio Free Cybertron's YouTube channel, you can see it split up into five parts for some reason. Well, when was it uploaded? It was uploaded 12 years ago. So, okay, 2011. Yeah, I can see it. 2011, there might have been 10-minute limits on some accounts back then. Okay, Mike put in the chat here. I saw Christmas shoes. Okay, Mike, what did you think? What the hell was that? (laughs) Well, first off, Pat Oswald is a comedic genius. Let's just get that out of the way. What the heck? Some group wrote a song about this boy buying a pair of shoes at Christmas for his dying mother so she could look pretty, and he ends up being six cents short. What the hell? And Chico, I thought the guy behind the counter that wouldn't give Peter Parker something that was two cents short was a That whole song is just cringe. And really, the song is not played. It's Patton Oswalt describing the lyrics of the song, and the whole thing just doesn't make any sense in my mind. And the kid pays with just pennies. Oh, if that happened, and this almost happened once when I was working at Sam's Club 25 years ago or more, somebody paying with a whole bunch of change, it's like, oh no, I'm not going to sit here and count $40 worth of pennies. Go get them rolled. Go to a bank. They have the machines where they can count the pennies and then cut a check or give you the cash in the amount of how many pennies you have. I don't get it. I, I seriously... Oh my gosh. But thank you, Patton Oswalt. Like I said, he is an absolute blessing. He is absolutely hilarious in just about everything he does. That's like when Morshawn Lynch did that interview in the AAF with Jason Zone Fisher, where he got paid in quarters or nickels or whatever. Remember it was that? quarters, but it was like ten thousand dollars in quarters, yes. That's a flashback from like 
three or four years ago. Wow. All right, go back to Dynaman. I just wanted to give you my two cents on this Christmas shoes debacle that Patton Oswalt made into something absolutely hilarious. Well, if you think that's something, wait until the next episode where we talk about something that's worth a lot of money these days. Ha! <laughs> I just got it. Oh, my gosh. See the spoiler without context, and best of luck to you. I did find actual proof that this did air on Nickelodeon, and this may be just what we need to uh, go ahead and put a cap on this, because, again, you know what happened in 1993, and you know what I've been watching since 1993. But this is the actual bumper as it aired on Nickelodeon for Dynaman. I couldn't even fathom it airing on Nickelodeon because it aired on Night Flight, but here it is. You're watching Nickelodeon, and now back to Dynaman. Man, Man, I hope we don't get flagged by YouTube for playing four seconds of Billy Idol's Rebel Yell. Much like the show that aired before it, Dynaman was just a flash in the pan because if you follow Super Sentai, you know every year they have to refresh the line because A, new toys to sell, and B, you gotta keep that sweet revenue up. Up until recently, Dynaman has been very difficult to get the streaming rights to because... All of the 80s music in the background. However, Night Flight Plus was able to get all of the episodes on streaming. With all of the music attached to it. So I don't know how. But you can watch all of the shows as they were meant to be aired. Well, that's impressive. I guess they managed to give a lot of money to Huey Lewis and Billy Idol and Depeche uh, Mode. Depeche Mode and uh, Brian Adams, because I remember hearing Summer of 69 in one episode. Did you say 69? Nice. If Chica didn't say it, I would have. Brian Adams was just singing about the summer of when man landed on the moon. And the Mets went to the World Series. So. And Brian got his own six string. That's true, he did. Bought it at the five and dime his own damn self. That's right. I wonder, though, if that five and dime was a sponsor on Password A. Because Brian Adams, as you know, is Canadian. So is the entire cast of Dynaman, Greg. Yes. I'm sorry, they didn't have Password A back in 1969. You had to watch You Don't Say, eh? Tonight's special guests, Rocket Richard and Tim Horton. <laughs> Man, I thought taking a hit from Stan Mikita was hard. You made it sound like he was from Boston. What the? I don't know what Canadian hockey players sounds like. Look, just watch like an old hockey night in Canada coach's corner with Don Cherry. Wait, I wait. would, except Don Cherry. Oh, that's right. Hashtag bunch of jerks. They're a bunch of jerks. Yeah. 
Well, I know an eight-year-old Wayne Gretzky used to run home every day after third grade to go watch You Don't Say A. He loved that show. Well, of course, it had Maurice Richard on it, and it had Tim Horton. Sign me up and Stan Nikita. And I'm sure you had like Boom Boom Jeffrey Owen on there. You had all the hockey stars from the day. Don't forget number four, Bobby Orr. I bet Mark Messier rushed home to watch You Don't Say A. I bet you Andre Svetnikov still has the original Masters somewhere in his posh Raleigh duplex. I remember the episode where they all got stuck on the clue Saskatchewan. How do you convey Saskatchewan in You Don't Say A? Oh, 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 me, me, me. I know, oh, I know, I know. I opened up a can of worms. <laughs> Okay, so it's the part of the lady's um, anatomy. It's also the name of the capital. Have you ever seen You Don't Say? Because A, I don't think you have, but also B, <sighs> it's a daytime show. What is this? It's a part of the female's body. I don't know how loose the uh, regulations were in 1969, let alone in another country. Hey, I had so much fun on this date. Can you show me your Saskatchewan? You brought it on yourself. I'm just saying. I'm guessing Second City Toronto decided that six episodes, seven counting the lost episode, was just good enough for them. And it became a thing on TV. Well, that's going to do it for this episode, but remember, you can always go to our website over at itwasathingontv.com where you can listen to the 402 episodes that preceded this one. We've got all sorts of great bonuses, including mini-sodes, live shows, extended versions of previous episodes, the whole works. Content, content, content. Also remember, we're on all social media, including Instagram, Threads, Mastodon over at It Was A Thing On TV, except for Facebook, where we are at It Was A Thing On TV podcast. Remember to subscribe to the podcast wherever fine podcasts can be streamed. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn Radio, iHeartRadio. And don't forget, we're also on YouTube, where you can like and subscribe to our channel and hit the notification bell to be informed on all future uploads on the channel, including what's coming up on the podcast next time. And next time, we're going to take it back a bit, because there was an episode where Mike and I talked to a good friend of both of ours about a show that he really enjoyed, and I kind of sort of enjoyed... Mike? No. But also, Greg was not here for that episode, so we need to give him some kind of redemption, if you will, because he has stuff to say. Yeah, it's the only episode that I never appeared on. So, actually, if you're counting live shows, I was not on the few buzzer live shows. So that's two things that I've not been on in total in the whole line of the podcast. So all of that is coming up this Thursday right here on It Was A Thing on TV. For Greg, for Mike, I'm Chico. Thank you ever so much for listening. Please be kind to one another, and we will see you for the next one. Wow! All right, so you saved the orphans, but they're still shooting their video. What went wrong? 
I really thought I could count on you, Woshi. And your four good-looking young Japanese friends from all walks of life. What seems to be the problem? Is it because you need some special gadget? That's it. How about special gadget watches? Right on. We could use gadgets. And watches too. Hot dog. All right, if you think so. I happen to have these digital watches here. Look, I say, could you take them? I got a Rolex. Hi! Now, Woshi. What time is it? Five o'clock in Tokyo. Correct. So you are now China Red. Hi. Juba. What time is it? Ten o'clock in LA. Very good, Juba. Because you are China Black. Oh, my boots are too tight. So, Frankie, how about you? Five o'clock yesterday in New York. I don't think so. But you are China Blue. Hey! Your turn, cowboy. You look good in yellow. I hate this concept. Silence! What do you know about concepts? Because you are kinda yellow. Oh, this is dandy. Slow jean. Girls like pink. No, I hate pink. Too bad, but it's the only color I have left, so you must be kinda pink. How about dinosaur? Hi, we are dinosaur.